again and welcome to another episode of only the penitent shall pass podcast i'm your host kenneth once again as always you can find us on the web at only you can email us at only at icloud.com in the coming days we're going to expand the podcast a little bit trying to set up some interviews with a number of different pastors we would like to go back to the root of the podcast when we started it, and we had pastors from different denominations, and that's what we're going to try and do once again. Today's episode, we are going to look at the subject of abiding in God. I've made allusions to this in previous podcasts. We're going to look at the subject of what does it mean to abide in God in the context of fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And now, let's get into that subject. So for uh, today's episode, we're going to delve into, I don't usually do expository podcasts. This is not <laughs> a, uh, a sermon. It's trying to have more of a dialogue with both the listeners and any uh, guests or people that are on with me. Uh, but for this particular podcast, I want to look at uh, the epistles of John. John was uh, a follower of Jesus Christ. He... Uh, is the writer of the Gospel of John, three epistles, and the book of Revelations, which is the book of prophecy. Um, the, the Gospel of John, while it deals with a lot of stuff, uh, one of my professors uh, from seminary summed it up by saying at the, at the very core of the Gospel of John is the truth that the, the Gospel of John contains that which is necessary for salvation. I mean, it gives you... It gives you the theology of who God is, you know, Jesus, the Logos, the Word. It, it gives you his passion, his, his death, the resurrection. It gives you the necessities uh, for someone who's never been a Christian or not raised in the church. The Gospel of John gives you that which is necessary to, to start out in the Christian faith. The epistles of John, the three letters he wrote, they're short letters. They're written to churches. Uh, they're written to people who are already Christians, to people who are already in church. Uh, they're written to pastors and laity. Uh, John writes as sort of a bishop or as a overseer of the churches. He was an apostle, which was uh, under Christ, the next highest level in, in church government. And so in the epistles of John, he writes to people who are already Christians. That is a key uh, principle to come away with before we delve into his letters because it's important to understand that these words he's sharing with us are not to the unsaved or to the pagans or to the people who don't know who Jesus is. They're to the people who are already washed in the blood of Christ to the men and women and children who know Christ intimately through communion and fellowship. So in, in the first epistle of John, he, he makes a very strong opening point. And this, this, 
My professor gave a number of lectures on this recently, and that's why I wanted to sort of share this with you. I was very touched or moved by, by what my professor pointed out, and, and so much so that it's guiding sort of the direction of my dissertation for my doctorate that I'm working on. Let me read uh, in, in 1 John, it's his first letter, in chapter 1. Uh, this is what he writes. He says, he, he, I, I, I want to summarize first. He, he, he talks about who Jesus is in the beginning, right? That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So he opens up by saying, hey, I'm about to talk to you about Jesus. He who was from the beginning, right, which John he heard him with his ears. John walked with Jesus. He's testifying, hey, I really knew him. I personally knew him. Um, I saw him with my eyes. I heard him with my ears. I looked upon him. I even touched him with my, with my hands. And so he says, I'm going to tell you something about this Jesus who you are followers of. But I want to encourage you in a particular point is where John is, is about to go with this. So here's, here's, here's the key point. He says, so that which we've seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So John, John's saying, hey, the reason I'm telling you this is so you can have fellowship with us, and, and by having fellowship with us, the apostles, you're having fellowship with the Father and the Son. Okay, so, so keep that in mind, and here's the key verse we're going to focus in on today's podcast. John says, if we say we have fellowship with him, if we say we have fellowship with Jesus, while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So let me say that. Let me read it one more time. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in the darkness, we are, we're liars and we're not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the extent of the verses we're going to be reading here. And I want to just sort of reflect on that for a moment. John is telling us one thing we should all know. If we're walking in the darkness, then we're lying to ourselves. <laughs> he goes on later in his epistles and says, if, you were, if we're walking in the darkness, we're not abiding in God. Um, John is writing this to people who are Christians. He's writing this to the church. He's not saying that if you're walking in the darkness or if you're not, say, say you're not uh, worshiping God on Sunday, you're just staying home and watching television. That would sort of be a, a, a modern vernacular of walking in the darkness, right? Um, I'm going to skip church the next couple Sundays and, uh, and, and play video games on my phone uh, in my house. Well, that's, that's not walking in the light. That's pursuing things of the flesh. John isn't saying if you do that, you're not a Christian. 
gospel. We know that being a Christian is having faith in Christ, being washed in the blood of Christ, right? But he is saying, well, you're, you're not, <laughs> you're definitely walking in darkness. But he goes on to say, if we're walking in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. Now that is fascinating because John equates the fellowship of brothers in the Lord with other brothers in the Lord as a demonstration to, to ourselves that we're walking in the light, that we're pursuing the things of God. We don't always equate fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ as abiding in God. Why don't we always equate that? Well, because it's very easy to not fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, the easiest thing to do is to just do our own thing. Uh, in, in Proverbs, it says, he who separates himself seeks his own desires. For whatever reason, the flesh or sin has this desire to seek a separation from fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. It's easier to stay at home and watch TV. It's easier to get involved in pornography. It's easier to pursue all manners of things of the flesh than it is to get together with brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the reasons why it's hard to get together with brothers and sisters in Christ is twofold. One, we open ourselves up to exposure. When we get together in person and fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, it's harder to hide that which we are. The more time we spend with people, the more they see us for who we really are. The less time we spend with people, the more we can hide behind our masks. It's 2020, you know, in the midst of 2020, 2021, you know, so many people are wearing masks and it's, it's such a great physical symbol. Um, and, and because people are lit literally hiding behind masks, but in this spiritual sense, when we don't fellowship with, with our brothers and sisters, we're literally, we're literally hiding ourselves from God because it's, because John is telling us, Hey, if we're going to walk in the light, if we're going to abide in God, well, that means we must be fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ. He equates the two. They're synonymous. Fellowshipping with God is, or I'm sorry, fellowshipping with the brothers in Christ is abiding in God. Abiding in God is fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Obviously, abiding in God, I mean, there's more to it. This is one element, but this is one particular element that John chooses to alert the church to. The second reason that it's easy to stay away from fellowship and why it's difficult to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, the second reason is because the more we, tend, we, we spend time with each other, the more difficult situations arise. We open ourselves up to arguments. We open ourselves up to the idiosyncrasies of 
ourselves and other people. We get on each other's nerves. Uh, Proverbs also tells us familiarity breeds contempt. The more time you hang out with people, the more familiar with them, the more you just tend to get on each other's nerves. It's a psychological reality that family members often treat non-family members better than they treat their own family. Having been a counselor in different settings for many, many years, I heard this time and time again. People would tell me, my children treat people outside of the family better than me. My spouse treats me worse than my spouse treats non-family members. This is my parents treat me worse than they treat my neighbor's kids. You know, I've heard this in so many different capacities. Familiarity breeds contempt. So, so the two main reasons fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ is difficult. One, the more we spend time with people, the more our mask comes off and they see us for who we are. So if we have, if we're not walking in tremendous amount of humility, then people see our warts. People see those areas in us that aren't perfect, of which there are many. I mean, the reality is there's so many things about each of us that is imperfect. It's kind of silly that we would be upset that people would see them. I mean, how can, you're, you're fooling yourself if you think that you can hide your imperfections. You just can't. There's just too many of them. So those are the two reasons. One, we can't hide our imperfections. We, people are going to see us for who we really are. And two, we tend to get on each other's nerves. The more time you, you, we open ourselves up for adversity, we open ourselves up for controversy or arguments or disagreements. Those are the two main reasons that detract Christians from Christian fellowship. Now, we could also say Satan is you know, a huge reason. Sure, absolutely. That would also be another component. Satan doesn't want the church to get together and have fellowship because when we get together and fellowship with each other, we're abiding in God. We're walking in the light. Now, I've shared in other podcasts, this is a trend I notice with a lot of people who come from different evangelical communities, different denominations, different forms of evangelicalism. I've seen a lot of what I've called in the past Lone Ranger Christians. They bounce from church to church and they're going it alone. They're living out their Christian life, believing there's some kind of prophet or priest or I, I don't know what, but that they're on this quest to be a Lone Ranger Christian, to prevail to the end, and despite having no connection to the body of Christ. Well, my gentle listeners, this is just so far from what John tells us in his epistle. He's so clear that to abide in God, we must fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. The second component of this fellowship involves a type of authority. So not only are we to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to fellowship with our brothers in Christ in the church as well, not just a bunch of... Uh, what We're not talking about one Lone Ranger Christian having coffee one day with another Lone Ranger Christian and then they never see each other and... They say, well, I abided in God because I fellowshiped with, with, uh, with Tonto last Tuesday. 
Well, John is assuming in his epistles, he's, he's talking to people who are in the church. He's talking to people who are worshiping weekly, who are taking the sacraments of, of Holy Communion regularly. And so another element of this fellowship with our brothers and sisters is enjoying the fellowship of Holy Communion, right? When we take Holy Communion together each week, we're communing with the whole body of church in the, in the Catholic sense, in the small C Catholic sense, the universal sense, the mystical, the mystical body of Christ, where, which encompasses all the faithful people throughout the ages. We're taking communion with all of the body of Christ. We're fellowshipping with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ when we partake of the communion uh, at, at mass or at worship or whatever you call your Sunday or Wednesday gathering or whatever it might be called. Um, so, so not only should we as Christians be fellowshipping in a sort of a, a colloquial uh, sense of just community, hanging out together at church building, outside of the church building, having coffee with each other, inviting each other over for dinner, maybe, maybe even working alongside of each other. That, that should definitely be one element of our fellowship. As we do that, we're abiding in God. We're walking in the light. The second element of the fellowship is in the communion. And this is why God ordains men to be bishops and pastors and deacons. God has a hierarchy of authority, of, of leadership that he puts in place to preserve the liturgy through the years, to preserve the communion through the years. When we're not plugged into a local church, when we're not plugged into a body of Christ that's taking communion regularly, that's celebrating the Lord's table, we're not actually walking in the light. We're not fellowshipping with God. John is so clear about this. To fellowship with others in Christ is to walk in the light. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christian with a little bit of a caveat. There have been times in church history, I think of in the Old Testament, uh, certain prophets who in many ways were exiled in times of despair, such as Elijah. I mean, I think he thought, he may have thought he was the last God-fearing Israelite left. He didn't know that there were a bunch of prophets and priests in hiding. And so he was more or less on his own. It was an extraordinary circumstance. It was a special circumstance. And the truth of the matter is, had Elijah been aware that there were brothers and sisters in God that he could have fellowshiped with, he would have. Clearly, his life is a testament to that fact. He, he thought he was all on his own defending the faith. So there are extraordinary circumstances we don't actually have to, um, or, or I should better, it would be better to say, we're not really living in that circumstance. Right now, across America, there's many churches that have been faithful to God of different denominations. They've been faithfully taking communion every week and fellowshipping with each other. They didn't close last year when the government told them they couldn't worship God corporately. They were faithful. And of those 
parishes and churches and different denominations, there's plenty of godly men and women that have persisted in their Christian fellowship and their pursuit of God and things of a higher nature. So, gentle listeners, if I can summarize today's podcast, I encourage you, read the epistles of John. Consider this concept of abiding in God and how it encompasses even more than merely reading God's word, which is a good thing. It encompasses more than singing hymns unto God, which is a good thing. It encompasses more than obeying the words of scripture when it comes to morality, which is an awesome thing. Abiding in God also encompasses fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's no small reason why this verse, why John's epistle is a big deal to me. It is in a large reason why we started the Only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast. Because in March of 2020, where we lived, all around us, churches stopped fellowshipping with each other. It was remarkable. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what to think. It, it, it upset me so much. We had an illegal prayer meeting at my house we, while we still lived up north where the, the political leader of the state we were in outlawed gatherings of any more than I believe it was 10. I think we had 25. Um, we had to tell people to park their vehicles far away from our house so no one would notice we were having a prayer meeting. Because I can't stop fellowshipping with the body of Christ. The issue was so big for me that not only did we start this podcast, I transitioned and moved my home base from the north to the south. Why? Because I wanted to be rooted in an area where there were more people who never forsake the fellowship and communion of the saints. This doesn't mean everyone else was supposed to move. There are some great godly people in the north that have stayed true to fellowshipping, to taking communion, to worshiping regularly, to getting, re- to getting together regularly in their houses. And those people are a great testament, testimony to, to verses where Paul says there's always an elect. There's always God's people, even when it seems it's the darkest hour. God preserves a faithful remnant all across the world. And so this issue of fellowshipping with brothers and sisters, both in a colloquial sense, in a congenial sense, and in a religious or spiritual sense in worship and in, and in Holy Communion, this issue is a very big deal to me. And <laughs> I'm a student of Dr. R.C. Sproul, who played a huge role in my, my, my teenage years and my 20s. And I can, <laughs> I can remember so clearly him teaching me and those who are listening uh, to try to not use the word very. He said it's one of the, the most overused <laughs> words in the English language. Um, but I can't emphasize enough that the fellowship 
of the saints, fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ, is such an essential, important component of my understanding with regard to abiding in God. Now, abiding in God and abiding in the light definitely encompasses a lot of other things. As you go to worship on Sunday and hear great sermons from your pastor or minister or whoever your teachers are, they will, I'm sure, exposit all of the different elements of what it means to abide in God, what it means to walk in the light. The reason this issue was presented in this podcast is because it's a peculiar take on walking in the light, which is what contributed to why this podcast exists. I wanted to be a part of a dialogue at a time which is a crisis in the church where Christians are not fellowshipping with each other. And I wanted to merely contribute my voice to the conversation and say, hey, I think, I'm pretty sure that John wants us to be fellowshipping with each other no matter how dire the situation is. Regardless of if the bubonic plague comes across our shores, we can't forsake the assembling of the saints. We have to be faithful. And so abiding in God, walking in fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to me go hand in hand. I'm totally open to your emails. If you don't like what is shared on our podcast, Only the Penitent Shall Pass, email us only the penitent at icloud.com you can find us on the web at only the as always i am very appreciative of those who share this podcast with their friends relatives and family you have been a blessing to my life because we don't have social media here at only the penitent uh, we have no facebook or twitter or any of those different Uh, platforms were just existing on word of mouth and when you share a podcast with someone um, I cannot tell you how thankful I am until next time may God be with you the best is yet to come